Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Raw Show with Michael McDonald and a very special guest. We have Pavitra Gurumurthy joining me today. Pavitra, thanks for being a guest on the show. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for inviting me and for having me on the show. Awesome. So, Pavitra is a transition mentor, so she helps people that transition from, from life and business, and she deals with a whole host of different people that are moving from one stage of their life to an, to another stage. So, I thought we'd start with your background, if that's okay, Pavitra. So, could you share with us where you were born and what it was like for you growing up? Sure. So, I... Um, I'm from India, from Bangalore, which is south of India, and that's where I was born. And I lived there till I was about 22 years. And, um, uh, and then I moved to New Zealand, and I lived there for about 12, 13 years. And I'm currently residing in Melbourne, and I've been here for about two and a half years. So I've, I've done a couple of transitions myself in terms of location. Um, and in, in within that, um, I transitioned between different cultures and different backgrounds and um, uh, a, a new way of living and, and exploring new perspectives on life and, and who I am. So, yeah. Was travel something that you always wanted to do? Was it something that was intentional and maybe the, the transitions may have ha- helped with that? Or is it something that was completely random and you sort of found yourself doing it? Um, completely random. I grew up in India in a family that emphasized a lot on education and, and um, building a family. And uh, travel wasn't even in the radar. So... It was, it came out of nowhere. I think when I was very little, I did have um, these beautiful dreams of being, you know, in different countries and, and exploring, but I don't think, or I didn't think that it would actually happen um, in real life to me. So when the time came for me to get, get moving with my move to New Zealand, um, that transition was quite hard because it involved convincing um my family to allow me to go as an Indian woman uh, or an Indian girl at the time, it wasn't um, very common, uh, at least in the circle of uh, friends and family that I belong to. And so I found it quite challenging to get permission to be um, allowed to go. And mm-hmm. I found it uh, quite daunting myself because although there was a drive within, I think there was an intuitive drive to make that move, um, especially because I hadn't traveled anywhere, let alone, um, you know, move from one country to another. I hadn't even seen India, let, you know, so, um, and then to move by myself was huge. So, um, yeah, it was very uh, based um, on intuition rather than this um, goal-oriented way of um, traveling, yeah. Is that something that you see a lot? So you, you help people transition quite a bit, whether it be intentionally or, or not intentionally. Is this like drive to do it or this it just feels like something I need to do? Is that something that's common that you've seen? Yeah, I think like most transitions in life, uh, it sort of starts off as a seed inside our heart and our body. uh, And then it kind of um, then develops into a thought that then drives the person to 
acting on that thought. So um, I think most transitions that happen in life are because there's a part of us or the soul that is um, who we are and decides that there's a more growth and there's more um, wisdom that one needs to discover about themselves and about life and it nudges people to transition into their life. And sometimes it doesn't really have to be moving from one place to another. Um, it could be just, you know, being in the same city and, and living where you're born, but um, traveling out in your mind, in your heart, and your, you know, um, in a sense of doing this astral travel where you kind of expand your world through knowledge and wisdom rather than actual transitions. And then um, there are other times when life brings challenges to you and forces you to sort of transition into a new way of living or a new uh, behavioral pattern or thought pattern. If, if you're open to, to sharing about it, what were your transitions? So you, you can pick out the, the most important ones if you wanted to, or you can sort of breeze over them and, and go deep into the, the more defining ones. But what, what were your transitions? Um, there are two or three that stand out the most. So the first and the first one that stands out for me is transitioning um, from... I guess the transition of, uh, I wouldn't even call it a transition. It's, a, it's coming um, face to face with um, death and, and um, not my own, but losing loved ones. So I lost both my parents when I was quite young. So I lost my father when I was 14 years old and I lost my mother about five years ago. And um, I'm the only child. So coming face to face with profound loss uh, was my first transition in life. So at the age of 14, my young mind didn't really understand fully what that transition meant. Um, and, um, you know, you, you, you hear people tell you, this is part and parcel of life. We, we are birthed into this life and then there is an ending to it. But we don't really uh, fully embrace um, death as much as we embrace life. Uh, because we see death as something negative and we see um, life or, you know, the birth of a new baby as, as something joyful and celebratory. So um, I, you know, as normal people react, I reacted quite badly to the loss. Um, and um, there wasn't much support in terms of, um, yes, it is painful and yes, it is um, absolutely soul crushing but also there's still life that goes on after that and how you can cope with that as a young girl or an adult or um you know um just as someone kind of dealing with death because we don't usually come close to something like this very often and when it does it shakes us because we don't talk much about it we don't interact with it on a daily basis it happens to us we face life and death every single minute of our lives and I use this analogy of when you breathe in, you breathe in life. And when you breathe out, you literally breathe out dead air. So it's, it's death in itself. And we don't see that life and death happens at every second in our life. Uh, but, and we choose not to acknowledge it. And so when something as big as losing a loved one happens, it really shakes the very foundation of what we know life to be. So, um, 
that was that is probably the biggest transition of my life uh it is the not probably <laughs> and um and and to and they kind of happened simultaneously with me moving countries as well so especially uh when i lost my mother and uh i moved to um australia from new zealand um that kind of happened very simultaneously and also that was a move that wasn't um goal driven it was again very intuitive and very um um very strongly felt rather than uh, analytically processed so i i had to acknowledge this intuitive calling um to move to another country uh by myself again and um uh and and i had to process the the trauma that i had actually gone through when i had first moved from india to new zealand because i was very young and i was very inexperienced i didn't know what life was and it took me nearly about 8 to 10 years to come to terms with that whole big transition that happened and so um i thought i can't do this move again and i don't have the emotional capacity to to go through this again and yet there was this burning desire telling me that this is this is what i needed to do because there was another phase in my life that i needed to step into um and and as scary as it was because you you know the future is unknown and you have this this voice telling you no but this is what you need to step into and yet your mind's telling you no but the future is unknown i cannot step into it because it seems dark at the moment and so i had to trust that part of me that was dealing with uh there could be a bright um new phase that i'm entering and yet there could be a death of a lot of things that i don't know of um and i need to trust it and 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 make that move and and not having my mother to support me through that uh was another big sort of um uh wake wake up call so to speak um for me yeah what what do you think about the idea of having the the pull to do something but then having this contradiction inside your own mind whereby you f- you feel driven to it but then your head suddenly shifts to like maybe why you can't do it or it comes up with the the different reasons perhaps of why you shouldn't do it even though you've got this pull so what are your thoughts on this on this contradiction inside your own head before you start going through these transitions um the contradiction is mostly to do with um the challenge between understanding life uh, sorry i un- sorry understanding love and fear so i believe that anything that's intuitive and that comes from within is purely based on love and purely based on the individual soul growth uh, irrespective of whether you know where that's going to take you and how difficult or easy that path might be um it is coming from a place of um compassion and love um and when the mind comes in it it creates a lot of scenarios based on its experiences uh, already had and um unknown fears that are yet to possibly happen so um the mind is very good at analytical and logical reasoning and so what it does is it takes this intuitive feeling and tries to section it so that it can box it and find meaning to that intuitive feeling uh so so for me i think i i would say um that the mind is great at creating fear and and the heart is great at creating love 
Um, but it's not about disowning the mind or disowning the heart. It's about actually integrating both together because we've got very powerful minds. I mean, look at us, look at the life we've created and look where we are from, you know, what we used to be even 10 years ago. So it's not about discount, discounting the mind. Um, the mind is looking out for us. Um, and so it's about, you know, when I get this intuitive feeling that there's something that I need to do or step away from or uh, accept a challenge, um, I listen to it. Um, there, and then the part of me that doesn't want to do it because of millions of reasons, I have to actually make peace with that part of me as well. I can't just suppress it or ignore it because then there is no peace. And then there's this constant battle of trying to um, trust or not trust. And then you start to lose faith in a lot of things um, within your own capabilities. So I think it's about using that intuitive feeling and then using the capacity of the mind, uh, intelligent mind, to actually say, okay, this feeling is here. I don't need to ask why, but I need to ask how I can implement it. So the mind can logically create processes and steps and, and um, uh, situations where it can um, preempt anything that could cause you to, uh, you know, um, I guess, uh, take risks or, you know, something like that. So it, the mind is powerful in creating processes and systems uh, and put them into place so that you can move forward. The heart is where your decisions come from. So that's how I usually kind of um, make decisions based on many things in my life that have actually worked well. There's a lot of fear, especially when your intuitive feeling um, uh, tells you something that you actually don't want to hear. That's where, that's where the challenge is, uh, where the intuitive feeling is saying, yeah, you know, Pavitra, it's time for you to move to another country. And my fear, which is uh, actually, I don't think I have, I don't believe I have the capacity to emotionally go through this process and pain again. Uh, I don't think I am, you know, say financially or socially or in any, in any way feeling very supported or have faith that I can go through that. That's my fear. But the intuition already knows that this is what needs to happen. Um, so I need to use the mind cleverly in that instead of asking questions or amplifying the fear, I use my mind to say, okay, I've got this decision um, and let's see how I can make this work. So what I did, for example, if you don't mind me elaborating, as no, soon no. as I got this intuitive feeling, um, I sat with it for six months and I, I, I played with it. I suppressed it. I ignored it. I pretended it never existed, uh, but it, it kept getting stronger every few months. Um, and, you know, every time I'd sit, uh, sit down to meditate, it would pop up. And I think, why Melbourne? What is in Melbourne? I don't know anybody in Melbourne. And why would I want to do that to myself? So there were a lot of whys and hows and, you know, um, why should I? Uh, but I sat with it for six months. I sat with it for a year. Um, and then what I decided was, okay, um, it seems like this feeling is not going to go away. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Melbourne spend a week there on a, as a holiday and just get a feel for the city. I'm not moving now, but I'm just going to get a feel for it. So I did do that and I enjoyed being here and I enjoyed that week here. Um, and I went back and I thought, no, I don't think I'm ready yet. So I'm not going to do anything and I'll let life guide me and nudge me just as, 
just as it did with bringing that feeling into me. So I kind of um, sat with it. And, and when the timing was right, Mike, um, then this is what I call magic. When the timing was right, people, people, situations and things entered into my life and just magically supported me through that process. And fear had no room. Fear literally had no space because I felt like I was just lifted off and, and just, you know, brought on a cloud <laughs> into Melbourne. And um, I couldn't have planned that in, in any way, to be honest. Do you feel like the, there is a process that the majority of people go through when they start? Because the, it seems to me that there's always this process that we can go through. It seems with any, <clears throat> any important decision that we make, there's always this thought process. There's always this talking ourselves out of it, talking ourselves into it, weighing up the pros and cons, whatever it happens to be. But it seems like there's a process that we all seem to go through. Is this something that you've experienced with the people that you've worked with as well? Yes. And, and you have to honor that process because uh, if you don't honor that process, you are telling your mind that it's not worthy of um, analyzing or logically reasoning for you. And its whole purpose is that to logically and analytically reason every situation that's presented to it, to it so that it can create something new out of it and invent something new out of it. Um, so yes, yes, ask the questions and, and feel your way through it. Because when you ask those questions yourself, um, you start to get a feel or you start to build self-awareness in how uh, you react to each of those questions and each of the pros and cons that come up with those questions. Um, and the more you process them, uh, it, it's about sort of processing it with your mind, but feeling it in your body. So that's when you integrate again, um, you integrate the mind and the body. So yes, ask all the questions that come up in your head, feel all the fears that come up. Absolutely. Don't run away from it. Don't suppress it. But once you ask that question and you get the answer, feel it in your body. Um, you'll feel fear as very, you know, um, um, what is that contracting? It would feel very uh, small. You'd feel um, uncomfortable. You'd feel very, um, very, uh, what do you say? You feel like you're in a, you know, compressed in a pressure cooker. That's the feeling I usually get when, um, you know, the thoughts that I'm creating are fear-based. And then the thoughts, the thoughts that are expansive um, or, you know, filled with uh, positivity or kind of aligned with my intuition, they make me feel excited even if the future is unknown. They make me feel expansive even if the future is unknown. They make me feel safe and they make me feel um, that, that I, I have faith in something. So those are the two very important things for me that are um, when I know that I can trust this is when I have a thought and I feel it in my body and that thought makes me feel safe. Um, if that thought does not make me feel safe, then I know it's very fear-based. I, I want to, to move on a little bit, but before I do, you did mention a second transition that you had. So would you be able to share that one with us as well? 
that was uh, moving countries really because they kind of went hand in hand with ah, okay. the loss. Um, and um, when I moved countries, especially the second move that I made, which was from New Zealand to Melbourne, um, I had to learn to own the word often, which I did not want to ever hear. And I had a very, um, I had, you know, bad reaction to that word, of course. And then I landed in Melbourne and beautiful people that I met would ask me where I'm from and uh, where my family is. And that would be a trigger point for me. So um, it started to um, make me feel very lonely and very, um, this very, the sense of uh, belonging that I thought I understood suddenly crumbled. Um, this identity that I thought I had built um, in 12 years in New Zealand suddenly didn't make sense to me. And um, the purpose I thought I was working towards um, had no meaning at all. So I landed here and suddenly lost pretty much the foundation of what people are thriving on at the moment. We, we hold on to family or we hold on to purpose. Um, and between the two, we oscillate with who we are as a person. Um, and I realized I didn't have either. Um, and that really made me feel um, not worthy of living this life and not worthy of just being here. And I had to go quite deep into the darkest part of me and um, truly understand what belonging and purpose really meant. And, um, and to me, belonging is not outside of us, it's within us. And um, I had to truly understand that without family, we still are here. Like I am still here, even though I don't have any family, I'm still here. And why am I still here? What is, what is um, making me still stand here? What is, what is the energy behind my heartbeat? Why does that continue to beat even though I choose not, I'm choosing that I don't want to be here? And so I had to honor that very subtle energy um, that is choosing to make me continue to live my life here and that energy that knows that fully knows when it's time for me to leave. So I had to go so uh, deep into understanding um, that energy and connecting with that energy and then honoring for everything that it is, because that is that energy that gives me life. It allows me to breathe in and breathe out. It beats my heart at the right time, at the right place for me to function in this world. Um, and then I realized actually what is purpose? then um, my purpose is nothing but to be here and to allow that energy to, to guide me through my life here. It's not about saving the world. It's not about helping people. It's not about building um, a home, a family, an organization. None of that matters at the end of the day. What really matters is me just honoring my heartbeat uh, and my breath. And so I had to go very down to the basic to understand um, what it means to belong and what it means to have a purpose in life. Thanks for sharing that, Pavitra. That was, that was very well put. And I think that um, very often it's our experiences that 
that do cause us to, to analyze things and see things and, and change our perspectives in, in quite a big way. I mean, do, do you think that a lot of people try to avoid those situations so maybe they don't have to have these conversations with themselves so they don't have to change? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think people are very courageous. Um, and if given the right support and right platform, they will courageously look at it. But I think most people have not had the right support or the right sort of people um, guiding them through, especially when they're younger. And that's just purely based on, you know, generational sort of upbringing. And um, um, yeah, I think that's why they learn mechanisms to cope with those feelings of depression, anxiety, or not having a sense of belonging and you know the sense of worthlessness and not being good enough um, we all are dealing with it at different degrees and i think we're all here in this life to understand and to completely surrender to the, these feelings so that we can um, transcend them um, and so no one is less brave or more brave than the other it's just really about the right kind of support um, and the right kind of um, environment as in you know platform for exploration and um there are more there are more coaches um and people out there and counselors and people who are doing the work and i think um we're just living in a very fast-paced life at the moment so to stop and feel our feelings is um secondary to going out and achieving something so um i think at some point hopefully we'll realize that um this, you know, uh, accepting who we are and transcending these feelings as much as we can and learning from them and coming or going, getting through them and um, not just by ourselves, but with the support of other people and helping them as well um, is what matters at the end of the day. So, um, yeah. Is there any advice or lessons or if someone was to come to you that perhaps is going through a transition at the moment, what lessons would you impart to them before they were able to, to make that decision? You know, for, for going with it or not going with it, what would you suggest people do? Um, I would suggest people to basically trust their instincts because also intuition is so powerful that it knows exactly um, what you need to do every single day. And it may be different from what it, it, you felt yesterday too. So it's about going, one, going with the flow and two, about surrendering to, um, to, to, to all of life, basically. Um, it's about just surrendering to your feelings, no matter how good or bad they are surrendering to um, the decision that you are choosing to make and then surrendering to those, um, those fears that come up because the more you try and resist it, the bigger it gets. And um, I'm not saying invite it and let it engulf you. I'm saying talk to it, interact with it because there's a lot of gifts within that fear because um, it's actually fear is just a, a mirror reflection of what, you are not ready to um, see about yourself. Very, very well interestingly put there because it feels, it feels at least to me, <clears throat> excuse me, that people can either use 
the, the fear or use their emotions for, for good reasons. You know, we, we use them for good reasons. We give them a, a good meaning. We give them a purpose to it. We use them as opposed to let them define us or use us to a certain extent because it, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we can be used a little bit by our emotions or by our fear or just by our negativity to a certain extent. And have you got any, <clears throat> any passing remarks on how you, people could maybe use their, their fear for good as opposed to letting it control them? Do you have any initial thoughts or strategies for us to help us do that? Um, it's really when the fear pops up, it's to really ask, ask it what it is trying to tell you. What is, what is it that you're not seeing um, and why is the fear presented itself? And rather than emotionally reacting to it or um, yes, absolutely emotionally react to it because if you don't, then you feel like there's something not right. Um, you can't analyze the whole thing. So in, emotionally react to it, do as much as you need to, to fear it, suppress it if you have to, surrender to it if you have to, but then take a step back and then actually have a conversation with your fear. Um, say, okay, yes, I'm afraid of this transition. I am afraid of, for example, um, giving up this career that I've had for 10 years and starting something new or going back to school or um, you know, dealing with a breakup or whatever this is. I'm afraid that I do not have the capacity to go through this. And um, tell me, tell me what do I need to know in order to feel safe that this next phase of my life is going to be good for me. Ask the fear. Nine times out of 10, it will talk to you. That's why fear comes up. It's actually trying to get your attention. Um, and then when you talk to it, it'll actually tell you, yeah, actually you're afraid of uh, being alone or you're afraid of um, stepping into this new direction in your career because you um, haven't actually worked in it before. You've got the skills, you've got the knowledge, but you really haven't done it so it's out of your comfort zone but that doesn't mean that you can't do it um, and then sort of nurturingly the, the fear can nurture you just as much as love and uh, positivity it's just that we don't see it that way because of our uh, upbringing in terms of how we react to fear very well said yeah i like that I, i've got, i'm making notes by the way so if people are listening i hope you're making notes as well um if if there was an ideal situation. So you mentioned having the fear show up. You mentioned having the, the fear being there to talk to you and everything else. Is this something that there is an ideal way of approaching it? Is there a way that you think would be more beneficial than another way? And, you know, would you be prepared to share that? Um, I don't know what you mean, Michael. Can so it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. I can, I can sort of <laughs> explain it a little bit. Is that like that? There are people that try to resist the whole thing. For instance, like the the, yes. the shut off from it. The they try to deny it. Maybe like they deny that it's there, or they try to do anything that sort of gives them a more negative relationship with fear or with the voice inside their head or with whatever the case is. And I think when people are going through big big moments in their life or big transitions, that that's it's made more it's made more exaggerated for want of a better expression so because their, their emotions are going a bit more heightened because of the situation having that habit of resisting the whole process probably isn't 
the best way of doing it perhaps maybe there is a more effective way so is there anything that would make the process easier or faster or more effective so that people can go through these transitions and maybe not have such a hard time Mm. um firstly when the fear gets very amplified it's mostly because like you said we suppress it or we ignore it and we get like these little um reminders um say for instance we have a fear of i don't know um heights it's a small fear because let's say i don't have to ever deal with heights and it's just a small fear that i have it's just hypothetical but i have this fear and and then life says okay um your journey here is to to make peace with heights because you're afraid of success in your life for example and uh, so what it does it brings heights um physical heights and you know um mental heights in cert- in terms of you know success um comes to you and you're afraid and so what you do, what life does is it brings it closer to you. So it amplifies the fear for you because it's actually trying to tell you, actually, you're not really afraid of the height. You're actually afraid of getting to that level of success because you feel you don't deserve it or you feel that you're not capable of sustaining that level of success. So um, it's about, firstly, when you get that little fear, just um, learning to, like I said, deal with it or talk to it or write it out or uh, scream at it um, just as much as you're willing to suppress it and ignore it. You can do the opposite. And when it gets too much and you can't handle it, it is absolutely okay to ask for help. I think in this day and age where we're all very independent and we want to be the best that we are and we want to prove to ourselves more than anyone else that we can make, make it in this world on our own, um, we're losing the sense of uh, belonging and community and support from each other and for each other. And when you have doubts or when you realize that there've been days or weeks or even months of negative chatter in your head, constantly reach out to someone you trust. It doesn't have to be someone um, in your family or even in your friend circle, because sometimes they may not totally understand it or give you the right advice. Um, talk to a stranger. There've been so many times when I have ended up talking to a stranger and that person has gotten me through some of the darkest times in my life. And it's just about realizing that the next person is just as worried or fearful or anxious as you are about something else or about the same thing. And when you share it, you realize you're in it together and you can actually support it. And if it's that bad, go ask for help, go get professional help. It, is not, it does not diminish your value. It does not diminish who you are and it does not diminish your capable capability to navigate in this life as an independent person i completely echo that yeah i would i definitely agree with that sometimes sometimes trying to to grit and bear it and try and do it all by yourself isn't isn't worth the journey that you would take to to get to the other side so because we're here to know that we're all in, in it together that's why we sometimes face these individual challenges because at the end of the day we can overcome these individual challenges by ourselves but if we really want to understand the world that we live in, it is about community. It is about togetherness. It is about unity. It's about harmony together. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, Pavitra, we are reasonably close to the end. So if someone wanted to find out a little bit more about yourself, what you've got going on, any projects you have, then now is your chance to share links and websites and things. So away you go. Thank you. So if you would love to get in touch with me, I've got a website. Uh, Mike, I would appreciate if you could write it down because I'm sure people are not going to remember my name or spell it. Um, so, but I'll say it anyway. It's www.pavitraguru.com. Um, and yes, if you just would like to talk, talk to me to see if, you, if we, we're compatible and I can help you, I'm more than happy to uh, have a chat. If you feel inspired by my story or if you want have any questions, please get in touch with me. Um, as I, I'm working one-on-one -on -one at the moment, but I'm looking forward to running workshops and um, other things that I'm, I'm working on at the moment. So if you sign up to my, um, subscribe to my website, then you will get all those updates. So I would love to hear from everyone. All right. Just before we finish, I've got a question that I ask all of my guests. We've had funny answers to serious answers, even to answers that are completely different from what we've spoken about for the last half an hour, 45 minutes or so. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no real restrictions on this one. And it's what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? Ooh, this is a very interesting question. <laughs> I think um, I would say that I have a lot of cheekiness in me that gets masked uh, by my um, wisdom, <laughs> so to speak. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I love my cheekiness and I love it when it comes out um, consciously or unconsciously because it keeps my life exciting. That's a very, very good way to end. Those of you that are listening, make sure you spread the word. Make sure you like this one. Provide a review if you enjoyed the show. Pavitra, thanks for being a guest on the show. I appreciate you sharing everything that you did. And I'm sure we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. It has been a pleasure talking to you. And I've loved all your questions. It's made me think, too.